Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, guys, good to be here with y'all. I'm Blake Rogers hosting the Sermon Talk Back. I was a guy that preached yesterday. I was had the opportunity to to share God's word with with our church family. And it was a it was a good exercise for me. You know, I heard, you know, John MacArthur one time, he says, or he was asked, like, what do you how do you know what to preach? You know, because there's so much in yeah. any one passage of scripture. Mm. And he says, I preach what's helpful to me. And so I was the, probably the primary beneficiary of yesterday's sermon, but um, I hope that others benefited as well. And I'm joined today by Matt Nolan and Thomas Nelson, and um, we're just going to hash out a few things. We'd love to hear from you guys, any impressions that you have. For the listeners, obviously, we finished up our John 4 series. We spent three sermons looking at at John chapter 4, and, and yesterday in particular, we were looking at the account where Jesus is approached by uh, this Roman official who whose son is sickened to death. And so we see this cool interaction where Jesus tells him, go and your son will live. The little boy is well when his dad gets home. And it's really, really a cool story. And so um, we'd love to hear from you guys. What were some impressions or some questions that y'all had on the heels of the sermon? Well, Blake, uh, I mean, you said that uh, what your first 200 sermons or bad ones, right? Something well, like that. that's what Tim Keller, I think, he's, that's what he says. Well, yeah. my wife and I, we said, that must have been his 201st because it was a good one, man. Well, we, we got a lot I appreciate of it. it. But uh, one of the things that really stood out to us was um, kind of what you bookended the sermon with. Mm-hmm. You talked about this casual familiarity. Um, and, you know, you mm-hmm. talked about driving, right? The two-handed driving. Yeah. But then we, we slowly go to one hand, you know, mm-hmm. and we're just relaxed. Um, I'm embarrassed to say sometimes I'm so casual with driving, I'll use my knees. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's next level. You know, I mean, I thought about that, but I didn't want to put any ideas into people's minds. Yeah, it's, you know? it's not good. You yeah. shouldn't do that. Um, this podcast has a minimum age rating of, yeah. uh, of 18, 21. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. 24. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the concept of becoming casually familiar with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes these these events, like what this man went through with his son, that it kind of snaps us out of that. But, you know, just really got me thinking about how do we as Christians um, not get to that place of casual familiarity in our walk and in our faith and, and in our uh, relation to God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good points. Yeah. So, I mean, how do we do that? I, I think that's going to look different for um each person, but I think there are some kind of cornerstones to our Christian faith that you really need to have in place, or else you will become it will just become another casual thing, or or you'll get it wrong, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like we you, you always see um, throughout church history this drift towards the right or the left, and eventually, you know do that long enough, you ended up with some kind of heresy. And so like, yeah. you know, you to, to protect, to protect yourself from 
you know, wrong thinking about God. I think, you know, obviously you need a, a regular intake of God's word, right? I mean, um, it's in the moments and the times of life where we feel like we are sufficient um, and, and maybe we just kind of, and I've done this, right? We've all done this. We, we all kind of have these patterns where we're checking a box, you know, and we're not really going to God's word to understand it. We're just kind of checking a box just to get through the day. We kind of feel like we have what we need. I know who God is. Let me just do what I feel like I need to do. Check yeah. this box and just kind of move on. And um, I, th- I, th- I think that's a um, tendency of the human heart. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something that we all, and I hope that I was that was communicated yesterday. This is something that we're all susceptible to, you know. Um, and so we, we've got to have the regular rhythm of knowing God's word knowing God through his word, that's a better way to even say that, mm-hmm. right? Why do you read the Bible? It is to know God through his word. Um, another thing um, that, you know, we were talking about even before we started this is being in the fellowship yeah. of the community. And so, um, you know, I think it's really, really important that you know other believers um, and that you're known by other believers and, and not just like, oh, yeah, I know who Matt Nolan is, right. but, oh, no, I know Matt. I pray for Matt. I know what's going on in his life, and and I know he's got two girls, and I know he's got another on the way, and, <laughs> and, and I know he's, like, not getting the sleep that he would like to get or needs to get, and so this is how I'm praying for Matt. You right, know, a deeper right. way of mm-hmm. knowing. I think being known and knowing others is another way that, you know, God really allows others to speak into our lives, to push us on, push yeah. us forward. Yeah, and there's multiple times, too, just being in community and reading the Word together in community where um, I'll be able to see something from a totally different perspective Mm -hmm. than the way I initially read it um, because of that community that we're in, reading the Word together. Mm -hmm. You you, you guys, you you people that are able to see everything, easy for you to say. (laughs) I know. This, I mean, I'm telling you, this, it hit home so, so hard yesterday. One, because yesterday morning before the sermon, uh, Heather, my five foot four lovely bride, uh, <clears throat> she drove me here to the church because I'm not supposed to. I, well, I was I didn't feel comfortable driving, and we need you know we pull these trailers every every Sunday, and you guys have been doing it for years, and I've just kind of joined in that team. But there's two box trailers, and then there's a trailer with golf carts. You guys took the box trailers, um, Matt. You and Graham took those. Heather drove me here. I got out of the car. She backed in to go get the, to get hooked up with the the golf car trailer, then drove it over to, uh, you know, drove it to the stave. And then on the way back, she backed the trailer up in the parking lot at the stave and drove it here. And I just kept thinking about this sermon and how she was not familiar. She did great, mm. but man, you talk about 10 and two on the steering <laughs> wheel and, but it took something rattling her, to not drive yeah. with her knees on the steering wheel. And <laughs> yeah. that's what this, that's what happens to this guy. I mean, he's, you said it yesterday. He'd probably served in the court with Herod Antipas. I mm-hmm. mean, he's, he did a, probably a pretty good life. Yeah, fairly, fairly totally. privileged, a lot of power, but it took this thing to shake him. Uh, and talking about community, it looks like he didn't have the community he could go to for this need. Mm-hmm. Or he never would have come to Jesus in the first place. Right. But he steps out, he goes, and he's calling out to Jesus to help him. Um, 
And by the way, this morning I drove for the first time. Heather still doesn't know that, but I drove for the first time. <laughs> no, but don't sneak up on me on my left. Um, <laughs> but again, yeah. I'm tending to, you know, the phone's like on the little magnet thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. just get there, just get there safe and sound. And it, it took a nail gun accident for me to wake up in that regard. And, but I think you guys are hitting on something that I don't know what, what if we didn't have to have a tragedy to, to shake loose and keep things really fresh with the Lord. Right. That, that would be really nice. Wouldn't it? That would be nice. (laughs) I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, like you mentioned this yesterday, nobody wants a trial. Yeah. We talked about, you know, the various um, crises that we go through in life, like they're inevitable, but actually they can be helpful. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and I almost wanted to say in my notes, like, they are helpful, but I didn't think that was, like, pastorally sensitive enough um, because there is a way in which a crisis um, can do a lot of damage to you, right? I mean, if, yeah. if you don't walk through it faithfully as a Christian, it can embitter you towards God, right, it, it, or, or to others. And so there's a way that you can go about handling a crisis where um, it's bad. But if you move forward in faithfulness, mm-hmm. they're good. But what that means is the bad and difficult things, they're actually good for you. And none of they us are. really wants that to be true, but in God's providence, it is. I'll tell you, you guys, the whole staff has been so kind um, in the last week and a half or so with uh, with the eye injury. The church has offered to bring us food and the deacon sent us a gift card and um, just so you know, we don't have to go anywhere and we can just take care of doctor's appointments and those things. But it honestly, I almost said no to all of it. And Heather was talking to a lady who's, um, who's older than her, who encouraged her, just say yes. Just say yes when the mm-hmm. body of Christ wants to help. Um, but I would have missed something the Lord was doing. It's going along exactly what you're saying, Blake. The Lord's, the Lord's doing a work in this, in this inconvenience going on with us. And there's humility involved in learning from the trial. I just I wonder how many trials we go through that God sends us, that yeah. we just press on right through them, and we never learn the side of God that we needed to see in that moment because we just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we just press on. I think it's worth talking more about. I think, you know, there may be, you know, there's a lot, probably a handful of different kinds of people listening to this, yeah. right? There's the very well-resourced person who's mm-hmm. listening to this that has built kind of these layers and layers of safety nets that would allow them to absorb through their own wisdom and through their own thinking and their own power and their own blessings, right? Mm-hmm. They, they've been able to insulate themselves a little bit from real tragic pain and suffering. Well, not tragic pain and suffering, but just kind of commonplace Pain yeah. and suffering. Like you can move throughout your day feeling pretty good because you've got all these systems and this these resources in place. Mm-hmm. And maybe a person listening to this that's like, I have no idea what that's like. I, I, I live on the, the edge of pain and suffering every single day, whether that's yeah. somebody suffering from chronic illness or whether that's somebody suffering from joblessness mm-hmm. or um, just having a hard time having ends meet or the person who's listening, who's like, I'm alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and this has been a horrible year for me. And so, you know, there's probably a couple different 
things that we need to talk about with that. But let's talk first to the well-resourced person. Like, um, you know, you're in a city. The great thing about a city is that the bright minds of the world are working and rubbing shoulders together, right? And you begin to network with and live next to all of the people who have all of these big-time safety nets and cushions that really insulate or even inoculate them from being able to, like, feel the daily struggle, mm-hmm. in a sense, that we need, right, according to the Bible. Like, if if crises are good, if crises are inevitable, if they can be helpful for us, that can be a really dangerous place to be. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think, you know, Matthew, it's harder for a rich person to enter the it's kingdom exact, of God. Exactly the is, verses that the, were rolling through my the mind. Yeah. The, um, yeah, through the eye of a needle. And so it's... Um, Talk to us about that. Like, well, how do we understand that? I mean, and, I, and what do we need to do if we are that person? I think right? all three There's of us, things you can I think do. all three of us are in that, are that person. I think we're all in the 1% in, in the whole world. We have education, we have, you know, graduate degrees. We got all this stuff, right? We, we live in a great place. We all have cell phones and cars and all the things. Food. So, I we mean, just ate a rib that, yeah, randomly. Yeah. Thomas I mean, made some ribs this morning. And rib. I, can't, I can't lift things, but I can put ribs on a smoker. <laughs> um, and so, did we have to have people bring us food? Do we have to have, um, does Heather have to go to all my doctor's appointments with me? Does, um, does somebody have to come take care of the dogs? Like we could probably muscle through it. Yeah. But we have seen people love us that we would have never seen before. We've seen ourselves in being humble and letting someone say, I'm going to bring you food. Uh, it has give us, given us more of a humble posture towards the Lord in realizing you're in charge of everything. Who am I to think that I got the world by the tail? Yeah. I, I really think in humbling ourselves and letting folks take care of us, which has been awesome, and I can't believe now that I would have said no, it has put us in a much better position to rightly see God, yeah. not as just my buddy, not, you know, like, yeah. not as a, not as this, this super grace guy that just says, good job, boy. It's okay. You send, get back up, but no, like the great and awesome God that he is. And yet he still loves us. I mean, it's, it's done some in a very short time, done a real work on our spirit. Wow. That's been really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I think you see, especially in Acts, you see this in like Paul's mission. Um, the people who were well-resourced, they leveraged their resources to help those who were suffering mm-hmm. too. And I, I think that is an important <clears throat> thing. I mean, yeah. you, you see the early church in Acts, like they were sharing their goods in such a way that no one around them had need. Like that's a picture. Mm-hmm. You see the Apostle Paul who is always commending the churches who supported those saints who were struggling and suffering. Um, You see in Romans chapter 12, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And I think it's important for all of us, um, while you may not be in a season of great trial and difficulty, there are people around you who are. Absolutely. And you need relationships and you need to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Because I promise you, uh, the the people around you, some are struggling, mm-hmm. and, and some need you to step in and empathize with them and carry that burden with them. 
Some need you to step up and help them. I'm speaking to us, right? I mean, like, I'm not yeah. speaking to those people out there on Peachtree Road. I'm speaking to the people around this table. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be men in, um, who are on the front lines of of empathizing and, and, and um, bearing the burdens of those who are yeah, carrying Now, Now, now I'm convicted. You're exactly right. I've been thinking about me this whole time. But you're right. There will be an awareness of, okay, Matt and Nicole are going to have a baby soon. Like, wonder if there's something we can do. I wonder if there's uh, that person who's got the need help sign. Like mm-hmm. you become a little more aware. I guarantee you the folks who sat around and or stood around and made those casseroles and whatever else got a bigger blessing than the blessing we got. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon sitting right over here, mixing all the sound for us. He Brandon, makes us sound good, man. Brandon is, uh, has offered to drive me nonstop and tomorrow my eyes will be dilated and he's going to come pick me up at the house and he's going to drive me here and, We'll go to the stave tomorrow evening for the young adult group. Like, he didn't have to do that. I didn't and, ask him. And it's probably not convenient for him. Yeah. Right? So he's yeah. he's bearing your burden by taking on some of your trial and difficulty of getting from one place to another as your brother who loves you, you know? Yeah. And so I, you go back, like, this is such a great passage. This, um, But the guy, he calls out. He wants He wants healing. Um, it's a hum- it's a humbling act to heal. Jesus does answer his need, and he heals the kid. I mean, his his son clearly, who he loved. We don't know what birth order this this son is, but I mean, he loved this son, right. and, and he heals the son. But like you said yesterday, and like we were talking about earlier, Matt, like this, there's more to just the mercy and more to just the healing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I thought you said it well yesterday. You want to elaborate on that again? I thought that was so good. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, this this little boy, his ultimate need wasn't that he would live another day in this physical life, right? Mm-hmm. The, the ultimate miracle of that text is that through his father's faith, the whole household believed. Right. You know, and, and um, that's the real miracle of this text because we all die, Right. I mean, and obviously, like, none of us desire that, or we shouldn't desire that. I mean, life is a gift. We should see it as such. We should see it as something that is temporary, though, right? We, we should know that our days are numbered. Um, the psalmist teaches me to number my days, yeah. so I gain a heart of wisdom. Um, you know, there's that's something that we should all have kind of in the back of our mind is our own temporality. Um, but our greatest need is not just to physically live. Our, our greatest need has been met in Christ and has been gifted to us by our Lord, um, by the Spirit. He, he's taken our hearts of stone and given us a heart of flesh that believes in something that will give us results in mm. eternal life with God. Mm. And that's that that's our ultimate need. And a lot of times, you know, in the paradigms of the miracles that Jesus you know, kind of did, he could have done anything he wanted to, right? Like he didn't, but, but oftentimes what he did was he would perform some kind of meet some kind of physical need to show the spiritual need, right? To expose that. And we try to talk about that in terms of like, there, there are a lot of physical things that represent greater spiritual realities in this world. And you just kind of see that over and over again in Jesus's ministry. You see it here. Yeah, I liked how you said, um, you know, the goal is not just to deliver them from the circumstance, but that there would be belief in their heart. Mm. And you even touched on this. Um, uh, some of the elders talked about in the teaching meeting about this, what true belief is. And 
uh, I, I love that quote, um, that plane will fly, you know, but yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's another thing to get on the plane, you know, Ed Butler. Yeah. And so I've, I've been yeah. thinking a lot about this too, because even in, in covenant kids, when we present the gospel to them, you know, we, we talked about acts two uh, and Pentecost, but when all the people heard Peter um, preach, their response was, well, what do we need to do now to be saved? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, when we present the gospel to the kids, we have that grid of God, man, Jesus response. And I just think that fourth component is so important and crucial to us that whenever we hear the word, the word preached, like what you shared yesterday, uh, when we open the word and read it in our community groups, but that um, it wouldn't be that we just, uh, we kind of get the story like, I oh, yeah, Jesus healed this guy's son or whatever, mm-hmm. but, but it would, it would uh, instill a belief in our heart that we want to say, what do I need to do with this now? Yeah, that's good. It's like, it's action oriented. And so, yeah. We walk out on Sundays feeling like I need to go. I, I feel stirred to do this thing now, mm-hmm. um, but that the, the word moves us to respond. Yeah, that's good. And you made a joke in the eleven about your son. Um, oh yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. he was really just trying to respond yeah. mm-hmm. to what he had heard. He heard the gospel. He heard the word. I think he was just trying to respond in his little uh, five-year-old way. Yeah, you know, of uh, how mm-hmm. do I respond to this truth that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, that was really uh, a cool moment yeah. to hear that. I'm like, he's responding, man. God's working yeah. in his no, heart. I know. I, yeah. He, I, I really do believe that, that God is working in his heart. I mean, he, yeah, he's a special kid and we could talk more about that, but he, he's awesome. Guys, I know we're going to, we're going to probably run out of time here in a minute. Um, but get, maybe, maybe there's some folks listening Matt, playing off of what where you're going, um, keying off of some of the ideas yesterday and going back to the beginning of how you open, Blake, with the, how do we fight some of that familiarity mm. on a daily deal? Without it, you know, I think familiarity breeds religion probably. Do you guys have a couple of things you do to, uh, just to put it plainly, to keep things fresh with you and the Lord? Without a tragedy coming in, yeah. Without a I mean, heartache. we talked about this earlier. You know, um, variety. You know, and, and I think that's a very good word that you that you had. You know, before we started this podcast, is like, you know, sometimes going through the same rhythms of reading your Bible and following the plan is like the right thing to do. Like, yeah. Uh, but sometimes, like taking an afternoon and just going out in creation and having kind of a uh, an afternoon of silence and solitude is the right thing to do, you know, and, and yeah. it kind of keeps things fresh. You, um, once again, kind of spin up this, these, these feelings of dependence, um, on God, which is what we want. I, you know, I think another thing, um, praying for that, mm-hmm. you know, dependence on the Lord is what we need, but it's also, and, and what we should strive for, but it's also what it's a gift, right? I mean, God, yeah. God shows us our dependence on him. And I think, you know, that being a continual prayer in our lives um, is appropriate mm-hmm. as church leaders, as, as husbands, as, as, um, as, as, as men who are set setting examples for, for others in their faith. I mean, like how are we going to do that without the Lord actually Amen. having yeah. his hand on us? So like we are dependent on the Lord for our work um, and for our responsibilities and, um, but we're also just utterly dependent. I mean, 
for life and in eternality and and all of these things. Yeah, and I think too, just um, sometimes just reflecting on God, what are you doing right now in mm-hmm. my life? You know, I mean, having kids, I mean, your life is kind of dictated, and it's just. Uh, things yeah. happen and it's just, you find yourself in this whirlwind, right. Of, of, of life. But, um, I think the whole time God is trying to get a hold of your heart in these little moments and, um, you know, reflecting on that God, what, what are you doing in this moment? What do you, what do you want me to learn? What are you trying to tell me right now? And, um, you know, like you talked about that guy that the, the official walked 40 miles, right? 20 get, miles 20, yeah. or 20 well, miles. Yeah. 20 there, 20 back. Yeah. You know? That's a lot of walking, you know, to and, hopefully um, find this man. Yeah. And going through the towns, I didn't, I, I was reflecting on you preaching on that. Oh, he really, it wasn't like he could just, he knew exactly where Jesus was yeah. or he would find him. So just, uh, I, you know, just what's my heart's posture? What's my attitude yeah. when, when yeah. I'm having to walk those 40 miles and, and, and then just asking like, God, what do you, what do you want to do in this time? What, what do you have for me now? Sometimes that'll help keep it fresh. Um, Cause you know, every day stuff happens and it, sure. things are new and new challenges. Um, but I think God has something for us every day um, that he's trying to draw our heart to him. Yeah. I think uh, yesterday I was talking with a guy after the second service, um, after you preached Blake and he, uh, he was asking, you know, what, what are some good books? Uh, he said, you know, I feel like the whole Christian world right now is really focused on the grace of God. What are some books that I can understand a a more full picture of the Lord? And I just instantly thought, man, I, I heard that whole story twice yesterday, primarily through this super grace filled lens. So went back in my mind and tried to rethink it. And you really see some strong truth of Jesus in there. You see the the fearful side of God in there. You see the reverent side in there. Um, and so I think for me, trying to see Scripture uh, through a different lens than the one I normally look at it with helps kind of keep things fresh and real. Yeah, I think these are all super helpful ways, though, just that we say, okay, Lord, I know tragedy is going to come. I don't want to invite any in, though. So in the meantime... How do I keep it fresh? How do I, right. how do I see you for who you are and keep me where I'm supposed to be? That's good. Well, guys, Hey, thanks for chatting uh, about this today. Super helpful insights from you guys really respect you, you men. And I'm grateful for y'all. So thanks for joining thanks for uh, having today. Us. So for Thomas Nelson and Matt Nolan, I'm Blake Rogers. Thanks for listening. Thanks.